This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. I want to bring a message from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The title of this message is Love Bears All Things. Love Bears All Things. 1 Corinthians 13, I want to read these first six verses. Remember now, this particular love, keep this fixed in your mind. This love is not brotherly love. This love is not romantic love, like love between a man and a woman. This is God's own love. Because when we read this, the thought's going to come to your mind, I can't love like this. Correct. I can't either. This is a God-given love, and He's in you by the Holy Spirit if you're truly His child. So this is the love that's being talked about here, God's own love. Paul says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. And if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. That's what Paul said. He says, if I don't have love, and he's talking about this godly love shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. He said, if I don't have that, I am nothing. Verse 3, and if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Now, there are more verses to this chapter, but I just want to look at these first six verses. This speaks of agape love. In a way, this love is love's silence. When you bear all things, that means you bear up in silence. And that's what the instruction is here from Paul. Uh, the Greek verb is stego, and is translated as bear. And bear has several meanings. The first one is this. Bear up under all things, or in other words, love has the power to endure a lot. This kind of love can be mistreated silently, but keep moving forward. It's agape love. It's not something you can conjure up. It's not something you can discipline yourself to do. It is supernatural. In other words, it's like a silent love. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to act out. I don't have to tell the last story. I don't have to have the last word. I can bear it without anger, without resentment, without bitterness. I can simply bear it, not with a martyr complex, because see, it already said in there that if you give yourself to martyrdom, but you do not have this love, it profits nothing. What this is, is being so steadfast in this. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. I truly have need of nothing. And I can stand 
and bear when it's unpleasant. It doesn't mean that we're weak. It doesn't mean that we're unintelligent. It means that we're godly, spirit-filled, and that is the call of God to surrender to this control and let this agape flow through. So this kind of love is not afraid to face life. Life comes at us. Sometimes everything's wonderful. Sometimes things are really hard. This kind of love is willing to stoop under the weight of life. It, it not as seeing itself as a victim who seeks and craves the pity of others. But because of being constrained by agape love, I choose to bear up by the power of the Holy Spirit in me to the glory of God. It expects burdens. And when they come, this kind of love can smile when hardships come because they were already expecting it because the Bible tells us so. It's already expecting it. And so it expects this, knowing that God could have blocked it, but he didn't. You see, when hard things come our way from other people and it hurts, we can bear in silence, not in anger. We can bear in silence in this agape love. They're not getting away with it because God knows every sin that has or ever will be committed. And when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he shed his blood for all sins, all sins one time for all. That's how we need to see things that come at us. There's an old saying, nothing can get to God's sheep unless it comes through the shepherd. And sometimes the quickest way to learn something is to go through a very tough time and respond correctly. But not only that, bear, this word bear, where he says bears all things, it also has the idea of love carrying everything. Not only bearing, but carrying. It knows no limit to its endurance because it is the love of an eternal God. This love holds things up, supports them, carries them along. As a child of God, carrying people along like this in life must be under the power and control of the Holy Spirit. The number one thing that should be said about this mission is when I walk in there, I feel loved. That's the number one thing. And this love I'm talking about is the cross, the greatest expression of sacrificial, giving myself away to others, dying for others is agape. And that should be what people sense when they come in to this mission. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. These two verses people love because they're loving. These words are compassionate. And these words are a perfect representation of God. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden and... I will give you rest. But then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, come to me. If you're weary and heavy laden with life in general, he said, I'll give you rest. Well, how can he give me rest? Listen. If you're here today and you're not a child of God, I can offer you no hope. But if you're here today and you are a child of God, 
Jesus said, I will give you rest. That Jesus who said that lives in you by the Holy Spirit. He looks through your eyes. He listens with your ears. He loves other people through your heart. He serves other people with your hands. He walks in your steps. This is what's missing. People do not see the truth of God's word as Christ in me. Most people view God as up in heaven, sitting on a throne, crown on his head, scepter in his hand with a stern face, always disappointed in them. That is the way the majority of people see God. But the cross shows a whole different story. He became our sin, though he was sinless, and he died an eternal death. He died out with our sins, satisfying the wrath of God. You know, people like to say what we need is hellfire and brimstone in the pulpit. No, what we need is love. Because see, the hellfire and brimstone was burned out in Jesus Christ on the cross where he paid the price. What we need to see in the pulpit is grace and love. And so, this word bearing is passive in meaning. In other words, I'm just bearing up by the power of the Holy Spirit. I choose not to respond unless it's in love. It's just bearing. But now in Matthew eleven twenty eight, this speaks of carrying. So you have a burden and you're bearing it, but you can also be active with that burden and you can carry it. So the bearing is passive in meaning, but the carrying is active in meaning. As God's children, we are to actively bear in silence. What would be the purpose of telling someone what you bear? It's better to bear in silence and carry it. Because see, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. But see, it's his yoke and the Holy Spirit's in you. You may have a burden that God has allowed. But if you will tell yourself no and tell him yes over and over again, he will carry the burden. And when you've learned from the burden, he'll take the burden away from you. And then you can turn and help other people. God has a purpose. This love that we're talking about is also capable of patient submission. That is, putting up with annoyances and burdens in silence. You accept the burden and bear it in silence as unto the Lord. You just bear it. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're unintelligent. It means that you're godly. And you've chosen the way of the cross. And what's happening is you're becoming more like Jesus. That is God's goal for you. I'll, I'll tell you what. The world is really sick and tired of seeing the, the beautiful, the wealthy, and the talented in sports and in singing. People are getting tired of it. You know what everybody's looking for? For somebody to come on the scene that's just real, humble, and give their money away faster than they could even take it in. They're giving it away. That's what people are looking for. Someone who's thinking otherworldly, heaven. Someone who has the reality that life on this earth is expiring. You can't take it with you. Why not do what God said to do with what he's given you 
while you're here in this moment called time. The world is looking for men and women who will live a surrendered life, will turn their back on the world system that's controlled by Satan, that will bear in silence when they're persecuted. That's what the world's looking for. There's a place uh, in Jerusalem called the Via Dolorosa. I've been on it two times. I've walked the different stations. It's where Jesus carried his cross. It's where he fell down. It's where he got back up and he had help to get up and carry the cross even further. The Bible says that when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he was cursed, he simply and lied about, he simply entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Son on this earth only lived 33 years. He never sinned. He became our sin and paid the price. All while that was happening, he didn't argue, he didn't fuss, carried his own cross. They nailed him there until the payment of our sin was accomplished. He gave up his spirit. He died, put in a tomb. Three days later, just like he said, he was raised. That same Jesus lives inside of you if you truly are a believer. If he's not in you, don't pass away today. You'll live in darkness in a place the Bible calls hell and never, ever be able to come out, ever. It's impossible. It's too late. You're breathing now. You won't breathe much longer. I won't either. Most men die in their 70s, somewhere in their 70s. If they're hard drinkers, they use drugs, live a hard life, they die earlier. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I'm dying, how glad I'll be that the light of my life was burned out for thee. Don't let Satan deceive you. This world is passing away. You're dying daily. Sometimes the way I witness to people is I look at them and I say, I'm dying. And they say, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. And then I just stand there. And then it dawns on them. Yeah, we're all dying. I say, absolutely. I'm so glad. They say, why are you glad? Because the Bible tells me, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Many people are not sure they're ready to die. Grew up in church, maybe even have a copy of God's Word, but they wonder, am I really going to go to heaven when I die? There is a way to be true. There is a way to be certain. It's practice telling yourself no, telling Him yes, over and over again, until you do that without thinking, and you'll have rest for your soul, and you won't be worried about dying. You'll actually look forward to being absent from this body and present with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Via Della Rosa, we know it as the way of sorrows, uh, the way of suffering. Basically, it's the way of the cross. It is a perfect example of bearing a burden. It's a perfect example of agape love in silence. Jesus came to pay a debt he did not owe. Because all of us owed a debt we couldn't pay. And he bore it in his body on the tree. He actively carried the cross to Calvary without complaining. As they mocked him, he went all the way through with it. 
Listen to um, Mark chapter 15. I want to read verses uh, 16 through 24. And the soldiers took him away into the palace, that is, the praetorium. And they called together the whole Roman cohort. And they dressed him up in purple. And after weaving a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to acclaim him, Hail, King of the Jews. And they kept beating his head with a reed and spitting at him and kneeling and bowing before him. And after they had mocked him, they took the purple off him and put his garments on him. And they led him out to crucify him. And they pressed into service a passerby coming from the country, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear, notice that word bear, his cross. And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. And they tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided up his garments among themselves, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. Now I want to read in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 24. Listen to this. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, that you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. For you have been called for this purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds you were healed. My friend, listen, that is love. That's eternal, agape, sacrificial love. It is a silent love. It is a love that bears in silence. It is a love that's carried because we're in yoke with the Holy Spirit as we abide in Him who is our life. So this bearing, because of this love within us by the Holy Spirit, also has the idea of covering up. To keep from saying too much, too quickly, about someone who's done wrong. We're so eager to expose people. We're supposed to bear. We need to begin to pray first. Love bears all things. Desires to protect others instead of expose them. It covers up like the roof on a house or an umbrella on a rainy day to protect people. Bringing someone under your umbrella on a rainy day. This love that we're talking about, agape, sacrificial, it's like that. It bears, it carries, it protects. You see, what makes it special is because the person who's living in this love 
is not seeking anything for himself. He totally has an other thought process. First Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Now, how many of you would say that you've committed a multitude of sins? How many would you say that? Me too. Of course, our sins are paid for because of the cross. But why don't we love more? Well, people will uh, run over you. They'll take advantage of you if you're like this. Aren't you glad Jesus did? You'd have no option but hell. And if he did it, and he's God, it must be the correct way to live life. This kind of love hates scandal, because scandal hurts people. This kind of love hates everything that hurts people needlessly. This agape love covers up for the sake of healing. It's easy to expose people. It's easy to put them in a corner. It's easy to pay them back. Godly love, sacrificial love that we saw on the cross. It walks with people, holds people. It's not saying that what they did is, was not sin or a crime or whatever it may be. It's not disregarding it. It's saying this person can be healed in their sin if I'll bear with them, walk with them, love them with this kind of love. They can come out the other side. Not saying that they're not wrong. Just saying, I'm going to hold an umbrella over their head as life rains down on them and as they learn whatever lesson God's trying to teach them. In a sense, it's, it's letting a person be healed behind the scenes. This godly love seeks justice and will expose if it is needed to protect others. But even while it is seeking truth and justice, it is seeking healing. You see, we've got to be careful seeking justice. If we see seeking justice only as punishing them for what they did wrong, without thinking, really, I'm protecting other people from being hurt. But this person who has hurt can be healed by the power of the Holy Spirit and to the glory of God. The one who wrote 1 Corinthians 13, we knew him as Saul of Tarsus. What was he doing? He was persecuting Christians. He was having them locked up, imprisoned. He was trying his best to stamp out the way what Christ did on the cross. He was trying to stamp it out. Hush, hush. Put it behind the scene. And then he had his Damascus Road experience. God spoke to him. He believed and received Christ. The man was different from that day forward. We know him as the Apostle Paul. He's the one who wrote 1 Corinthians 13. How in the world did he write all that? It's because he experienced what he wrote, but of course he was also inspired by the Holy Spirit to write. See, we want things to be easy. That's normal to want things to be easy. But I want to tell you, the harder it is, the more you learn and the more quickly you learn it. The easy it is, is when you get into trouble. Many people right now are receiving stimulus checks all over this nation. They're cheating and manipulating the government, and that money in those checks are coming from working people. This is the danger. People are manipulating it, and they're having more time to sit at home because of COVID, 
wearing a mask, gloves, these things. This is the danger. When you were kids, just like me, did your mom and dad ever say idleness is what? The devil's what? Workshop. I just drove in from uh, Nashville. Uh, I got in at 1 o'clock this morning from Nashville. I was at a pastor's conference in Nashville. People are not coming to work. Like at Burger King and service stations, they're closing early because they say the people are just not coming in. And when you say why, it's because they have enough coming in with stimulus check money. They're staying at home. Idleness is a devil's workshop. Alcoholism is on the rise. You sit all day long and watch sports on TV, it develops a lazy mind. And that eventually causes a person to be depressed. And then they'll take a drink. And then the drink takes them. My plans are to help them. That's what I want to do. And I'm so glad Memphis Union Mission has built this other building. Because I'm believing this place is going to be packed out and people standing in lines to get in here. And part of it is going to go back to the wrong response of the pandemic. We're going to have to help them. We're going to want to point them out and say, you know what, they should go to jail for this. But what we're learning here, God's children, we're supposed to help. Yes, seek justice, but no malice in the heart. It's hard to find that anymore. We're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit in us to love this way, to bear, to carry, and even in silence, just keep loving, keep protecting, keep helping people overcome. Help them get started again. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Not that they weren't wrong. He said, Father, forgive them for they what? Know not what they do. Everybody in here knew that. All right, listen. That same Jesus lives in you by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, that same love is in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, self-control. If you're a child of God, that is in you. You say, wait a minute, I'm not experiencing that. I love you, so listen. Either he's not in you, or you're not letting him control you. Which is it? If he's not in you, my friend, listen. I would be afraid to walk the streets of Memphis if he's not in you. Because if you get murdered or run over by a drunk driver, it is over with. There is no second chance. If he's in you and you're not experiencing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, self-control, it is because you're holding him back who's within you by having your own way. You see, you're the glove. He's the hand. The hand is to control the glove. The glove does not control the hand. Christ in us for others. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.